adventure pod number 10 11 something like that (laughs) number 10 uh we're gonna be talking about all things pre-release you know uh, a lot of the uh a lot of the things we think about the upcoming draft set some things we might be excited about uh but anyway what else you got going on ryan Uh, what you got going on this week coming up Oh, just getting ready for all the drafting and being able to rip open my first case of Outsiders once it finally comes in. So, you know, this past weekend was fun, and I'm definitely excited to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, actually start cracking open some cases myself. Let's talk about uh, that video you got out, man. That Riptide video is doing well. Yeah, I'm really excited for how uh, well it's doing, and I'm glad a lot of people have tuned in to... Listen to my two cents on Riptide. Um, I put a lot of uh, effort into the video to at least get like the uh, background and everything to look cool and try and make it look thematic. Um, I'm gonna work on making some sounds or getting maybe a soundtrack to match back or for the next character. Yeah, uh, that sounds awesome. I make, but definitely happy with how it turned out and uh, the reception it's getting. So thanks to all of you who are supporting the video or uh, tuned into the video to see what uh see what it's all about. Your editing definitely uh, leveled up. I will say that for sure. Uh, that was a really good video, and I think people should definitely check it out um, and leave their two cents on it. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, on, on that note, I would say look forward. The next video I'm planning to make is the one on uh, Arachne's uh, Solitary Confinement for Blitz. So that's the that's the next one that's in the pipeline for me. Let's go. I can't wait for that, man. Uh, you're, I, I think you're one of our better deck uh brewers for sure like at least for interesting not so common ideas you know testing testing what we think we know is right you know definitely yeah i try to it's not it's not like i don't try to have like a uh method to the uh uh i guess you could say the overall strategy but it does tend to try and pick up on things that maybe other people haven't thought of or Things that may sound good on paper at first, at least, but need a little fleshing out when it actually comes to testing. So definitely excited to see how the Riptide uh, deck actually does and uh, making adjustments to it over time uh, based on its performance. Sounds good. All right, let's talk about pre-release, man. So how many pre-releases did you go to? Because I went to two and we casted one. So technically I went to three. I think you did all the yeah, same ones I did, right? we went to uh, three of them. Right, right. And... Uh, yeah, 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 the one on Friday was definitely fun. You know, we got to cast and see what everyone else opened, even if we didn't get to open ourselves. But being able to cast on the uh, actual stream itself and talk about the kind of, you could say, first gameplay into uh, Outsiders um, was really fun, uh, despite some of the uh, more interesting parts of the start of the night, you know? I think it's funny how uh, how the meta, like, shifted from, like, early on. We were seeing that, like people were trying to play their best 30 and then all of a sudden people were like just play the pile just play the pile that's like the better version and uh i don't uh, think that's definitely true i think the i think the right answer is somewhere in the middle yeah because i think the same thing happened to me on saturday and sunday so on saturday i basically played the pile uh and it worked out well for me um but then when I played the pile on Sunday, it worked a little less well for me, at least in the first round. But then I just mm. cut out a few cards, and it was still pretty stacked, not like down to an exact 30. But uh, I ended up going 3-1 and one on Saturday, or Sunday at least. So, you know, there's like a, 
There's a certain balance there, but I mean, you don't know your card pool until you get it, so. Even if you were to play it down to 30, if they're all bad 30 cards, like, then maybe playing to the stack is better than uh, just playing a bunch of blue one attacks or something like that. Yeah, I definitely, uh, so the first pre-release I played in, I played Azalea, and I definitely felt like I had a really strong Azalea pool. I had some really good red arrows. Uh, I had, I think On Demand dominates really good. Um, I had a lot of good buff cards, um, and I did really well. I think I went three, two, and I definitely could have won one of those games uh, to make it four one. Uh, I kind of threw a little bit, <laughs> um, but that's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say during the R match you played, you ripped off or you ripped a Widowmaker of all things off the top with Dominate twice. On <laughs> two blind, they were both blind. I'm pretty sure one was two blue, one was blue, red. one was red. One was blue. Nah, yeah, still, one was definitely. Still yeah, it's still, still really three. good. That's still plus three, so that's really good. I had to so, go for it, man. Yeah, I it was to just have there. The one, it was the one time I either didn't have armor or I only had the one piece to do a, like the one time block. I cannot remember actually, but uh, I, no, it was a really good match. It was really close until I had that one turn with the red and the tail when you, or the. Yeah, that completely swung the game. That was wild. That was what is it so called again? Red, red, Fletch, the, uh, yeah. Fletcher Red Tail. Fletcher Red Tail. Uh, and it happened to be, yeah, the turn where you had all red cards in your hand. All red cards. And uh, it was coming in for like 10. And I was like, well. <laughs> Here's six with three cards that normally block for three. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. Thank you for that. But uh, <laughs> overall, it was fun, though. It was a lot more dynamic than it, the whole set turned out to be far more dynamic and back and forth, no matter which characters you were playing than uh, I was expecting, honestly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I um, I also felt like I I don't know how it's going to be for draft, which we'll get into in a moment, Um, but it felt like, you know, I heard some ninjas did pretty well and we had one person do pretty well on Benji. But when I was looking at my pool, it just felt like it wasn't there compared to the other two. Because, I mean, all the dual classes are Assassin and Ranger, or Assassin and Ninja. And the Assassin Ranger ones kind of feel, at least in a, a very limited environment like Sealed, they feel way more impactful than the Assassin Ninja ones do. Like, just in the abstract, like thinking about it. And then my ninja cards, I couldn't play Katsu, I felt like, because like, I couldn't really make use of his ability. I'd basically be playing just the 20 health ninja as opposed to like Katsu, if that makes sense. Like I'm not really playing uh, I'm not really playing Katsu for his combo ability. It's more like I want to play ninja, and this one has three more life. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and then Benji, I just felt like I felt like my ninja cards just weren't very impactful. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the thing of it is, is that like most of the dual class cards that they share with Assassin, they don't. I don't think they share anything with Ranger. So the ones that they share with Assassin are usually the attack reactions or the knife related ones, um, which are fine, which are definitely good cards on their own. But uh, when it comes to how Ninja strong Ninja feels overall, like either you want the first parts of the combos, like the head jabs, the be like waters, the surging strikes, and the um whatever the uh, Twin Twisters and whatever that other one that has uh, Benji's picture on it to buff cards or go into the combos or at least have go again. I'm trying because to remember the name of that card now. 
it's like death, deadly duet. There you go. No, no. Deathly duo. Yeah, something duo, I think. Deathly duet is the rune blade card. <laughs> or deadly duo, I think, or something duo. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so those are the ones with built-in go again. Yep. All the other cards that you get with them that are the combo ones are just basically vanilla zero for threes or one for fours, unless you can get the combo text to go off. Now, they still have defend for three, but compared to assassins with all their on-hit effects for a zero for three or rangers with their on-hits with the arrows, like... You feel like your basic, like your average curve without the go agains or the specific combo cards is just going to be dagger, dagger, and then a vanilla zero for three, one for four, you know, so on and so forth. I think, uh, I think the other thing you can't really sleep on Kadachis either, though. I think that's kind true, of what you true. just alluded to is like the dagger, dagger. Yeah, I think you have to really think about, um, like how much value Kadachis can really bring. The the ones. The like one one thing meta isn't too bad when you're blocking and you hold on to two cards. I think a lot of times I was playing and a two card hand felt okay on both assassin and ranger, but a two card hand in ninja can be like kadachi kadachi like spring load. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Springload is definitely a card that I was initially going to sleep on, except in sealed formats. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's definitely a sealed slash draft card or a card overall. But um, I mean, it is a strong one for five, which is pretty good in a lot of hands at the end of the turn. So, but yeah, um, I mean, no, yeah, I think yeah. I think that card's very good. Um, yeah, that card was definitely a uh, a sleeper hit for me. I didn't even first of all, <laughs> when people were playing it on Friday, the one we casted, I didn't even know yeah. that card was in the set. <laughs> I don't remember seeing a spoiler for it. People were telling me like, "Oh, it wasn't spoiled till the box openings," and I was like, "Yeah, ah, that's it wasn't crazy. until the box openings that we saw our first glimpse at it." Um, and even then, it's like it wasn't one of those WoW cards because it definitely felt like it's for draft and sealed more than uh, actual CC gameplay. Um, but yeah, when, like I said, when it comes to draft and sealed, it definitely surprised us with how good it is. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, sleeper cards, was there anything besides spring load that you kind of were like, oh, wow, this is not something that I really was high on my radar, but now that I get to play it in testing or in pre-release, anything that kind of like stood out to you? Not in, to surprisingly, at least for the cards that I was playing, not in particularly the cards that um like uh, i guess feisty locals was a pretty good card for i would say that games i would say i think that one in particular was one that we were all like eh, it's okay but then like playing it in sealed at least was like oh this just ends games oh it i does, can tell you one it for sure more card for hmm? i can tell you one for sure that i knew about and that i was like eh, it's okay um, but at least in limited, I think in draft two probably. Um, virulent touch uh, oh, was too, like yeah. a huge. Like when I first read the card, I don't. I don't think the card will do anything in CC. To be honest, I don't. I think most of the times it's gonna be. It's similar to like dust up and other four attack non go again cards, where it's like most of the time they'll just let you eat it or just let you take it. Like you'll just take it. You're just like oh, it's four damage. Um. But in limited and draft, especially, 
Um, I think that card ends games. I think that card, and of course, it could end games the same way in CC. I just think it's, you can, like, get ahead better. Like, I think sometimes seeing it, you know, in a CC game early on is going to be not great. Um, but in limited and draft, is just, like, when I played, like, a red one, you just, like, slam it down, and you're just, like, <laughs> you're going to have to, basically, you, sometimes you can, like, not necessarily kill them, but you can, like, rip their hand, because, like, sometimes they'll have to, like, if they're at one, they have to block with two cards. Then they get a blood deck or blood deck card. They get a, a blood rot pox. And then it pops at the end of the turn. And they better have a card to pitch for it. Or they're dead. So like that's three cards there. They might send a, a one card at you, but they if if that card they want to send at you has a cost, they can't send it because they'll dive it again to the to the blood rot. So I think that card definitely like overperformed for me this weekend it definitely is what killed me in my first match on sunday so yes i definitely agree virulent touch is a very powerful card um i think in cc it'll see play against fatigue decks that want to block out your raw damage either way because then when they block out they still have to deal with the blood rot pox which it you can pitch to get rid of but it's better than letting them retaliate on it as well so right you know, I th I think that's where it'll mostly see play. Other than that, it's good as a finisher, but not something you really want to play into in CC. I think. No, I I, I think I'd agree. I think, and I could be proven wrong again. The cards already overperformed for me, but um, I think I think it doesn't have too many uh, CC implications personally. But I think in limited, it's a bomb. I think it's a bomb card, especially in red. Maybe even yellow too, but definitely in red. Yeah, definitely. Um, other than that, there weren't any particular cards that stood out to me that I wasn't expecting to do well to a degree, um, either in one way or another. It was mostly spring load, like I said, just kind of looked average, maybe decent in this, but I ended up using it a lot more than Yeah, that card is very good in... Oh, no, no, there so... is one. Freewheeling Renegades. That one, too, Ooh. was actually surprisingly good. It's a one for six in red, but, like... Sure, it loses some attack when they defend, but it at least forces that defense for yeah. pretty good value. I looked at Freewheeling Renegade as almost like the exact same card as cut down to size. Like, it almost yeah. does, like, the exact same thing, right? It just says, like, you have to give me at least one card. Like, you just have to. <laughs> or else you're just losing a lot of value comparatively anyway. Right, exactly. It, it's too much value to not give me a card. Now, one thing I thought would be really funny is if you can play a stealth card uh <laughs> and then switch into free willing renegades uh if they didn't block you and then they either have a react or take a lot of damage <laughs> no it says uh it only minuses attack when they uh defend with an action card so even if they oh true yeah, reaction, yeah it so, doesn't get the additional yeah loss. if they if they choose to just move to react you're like feeling pretty good <laughs> Yeah, still get to inch in some of that damage or slap it or just what's it called? Sneak in some of that damage. There you go. Did any um, cards uh, underperform for you? You think maybe something that you were high on or something that like you were like, oh, this card's going to be so good. Um, I'll tell you one for me because I just happened to open it. Um, yeah. The Uzuri Specialization Shakedown. It was good, but I think this is it, maybe it didn't underperform, but this is kind of a a flesh and blood thing is that a lot of times you'll get cards like that, especially unlimited because you only have one and you just have to block with it anyway. It just becomes a three block. It doesn't become 
like what it is. I I think I got the effect off once and it didn't even like really matter. Um, so I mean it's a good card. Don't get me wrong. I think it'll have more applications in CC where you can like pummel it <laughs> or something along those lines. But uh, yeah. I think most of the time with like big cards like that, and especially because I think Azuri, a lot of the time, uh, she almost like commands like a two card block a lot of the time now again you can like bait some of that and you get them to burn cards but like not switching or whatever you can like hold on to it but i don't know i think the card just kind of didn't do a whole lot for me um but again it's it's a really small sample size but just just anecdotally for me personally this weekend yeah it's a little hard to gauge it just from a sealed standpoint just because you don't know what other cards you're going to get to go with it um and you only get the one opportunity per play uh really um i don't think anything underperformed my uh, for my expectations at least i had um in my first one on sunday the first uh pre-release i did i pulled a blood or codex of uh blood rot and that was definitely a good card i mean just slaps down a card that I can play. From uh, from I think the codices, the codices are all very, they're like bomb cards. Honestly, they can end the game very fast. Uh, they rip out defending incredible. cards. The fact that you give your opponent to debuff and give yourself a ponder on top of whatever you just decide to load in. That's insane. No, plus yeah, you te- if, plus if they don't have an arsenal already for blood rots, you force a card down into their arsenal. So they can't use one of them to block probably one that they were playing to attack with anyway, but it can still throw off their, I guess you could say, kind of their plan for turn if they plan to use their hand in a specific way. So definitely, definitely a little, uh, little devious there. Yeah, I think a Codex of Frailty is like a three of in almost any deck that can play it. Frailty is so good. So good. And uh, yeah, I mentioned it in my Riptide video, but just the fact that it can search out to fish out a uh, fish out. Uh, <laughs> a card from your discard pile just any attack action that you choose even non-assassin or ranger related ones is i mean insane in a format where we have command and conquer of all things and then other card like generic cards that have very targetable on hit effects for the matchups that they go against how do you feel about the set uh in terms of going back to like welcome to wraith style uh no arcane damage no shenanigans that way it's kind of just you know straight up i mean you have some reacts there so some surprises which i think is pretty cool um one thing i i guess i'll let you answer that (laughs) uh so yeah what do you think about the set going back to like you know mostly just physical damage so one thing i'll say that surprised me the most about this weekend is that all decks felt like they had a chance to win all characters felt like they had a Mm. strong chance to win no none of them felt understated none of them felt like if they didn't get a very specific set of cards or a specific number of a specific type of card then you couldn't play them well or that they couldn't uh, perform the generics that were available made it very balanced that you everyone had a chance to have a solid number of regular attacks as well as like a good number of class attacks or very class specific strategies um and even though the rangers like didn't have a weapon like uh the each of the other classes had sets of daggers uh, you didn't feel like you were going to just automatically fatigue or lose it out because you uh, might run out of cards or attacks compared to your opponents. It's still possible, of course, but it just didn't feel that one-sided in any degree. So it felt 
fans it pretty it felt pretty good like kind of like welcome to wraith right like early on like that yeah welcome to wraith definitely when it comes to its sealed and draft formats definitely doesn't feel one-sided to a specific character it feels like yes technically if one character gets like a few specific cards or a certain number of a type of card to make it consistent you mm -hmm. have a stronger chance but it's not because of the character's like inherent traits that set you aside from the other heroes yeah I, I would agree with that i think also like i don't know i think they've done a pretty good job about for drafts i think a lot of the sets except <laughs> i know a lot of people like it i i hate tales of aria draft <laughs> um but a lot of people will say that's like their favorite draft set but I think that's the only one where I really felt like it just didn't feel balanced. I felt like it was very difficult to draft Lexi. Uh, Oldham was like, okay, especially after the nerf to Briar, the errata. Um, and then Briar just feels like far and away, like the best choice. Um, you can just yeah, like force I mean, Briar. I think it came down to Oldham or Briar. If you got enough earth react or earth blue cards, you definitely played Oldham. Cause you could just, constantly defend out and uh deck out your opponent that way and if you got enough non-attacks to combo with briar you could end up doing arcane damage enough or consistently enough to whittle them down before you run out of decks so. yeah and lexi the best thing you could hope for is getting enough buffs so you could dominate your arrows with shiver and force damage through before they finish you off i guess yeah that's so true your, it just never really panned out <laughs> just never really pan out that but my point was that um i feel like yeah, other yeah. than that uh i think all the draft sets feel pretty good uh to play against each other even like um it's funny you go to arcane rising where azalea first made her appearance and as as much of a meme as she has been up to this point you know that's probably going to change with outsiders but um as, as much of a an unfortunate standing she's had up to this point uh she was a beast in in arcane rising limited a lot of people didn't get to play that because of the pandemic but we we've done a few arcane drafts we've we've done a, a good handful of them and azalea feels very powerful in that format uh and people i think don't realize that um so it's interesting to see kind of the dichotomy of like how like a hero can shake out in cc versus how a hero can shake out in draft yeah, and uh, Arcane was fun. Or, like, I mean, when you look at her stats uh, and, like, a vacuum, you could say that consistently with her token alone, like, her token weapon, being able to draw an extra card when you load an arrow. Best cards in a card game, or best words those. in a card game. Draw a yeah, card. It <laughs> just makes it easier to get those generic attacks, even, that you can use, like Ravenous Rabble, um, or getting buff cards, like, come to fight and stuff, so... Yeah, she she had a she had a lot going for her there, and I think she has a lot going for her in uh, sealed and draft for this set too, especially with the new quiver that get, they gave her, so she can use uh, aim counters with her ability. So, one thing I really like about this set that I've noticed uh, is, so like, I think one of this game's most interesting points is reactions. Right, the the reaction window is one of the cooler more exciting dynamic uh <laughs> phases of the game that doesn't really have a lot of exploration right now we have d reacts we have attack reacts and that's fine but what i'm saying is that i feel like in a lot of even in classic instructed it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of like 
I'll attack react, you de-react, and then I'll attack react again, or, you know, kind of like these back and forths, kind of in, in the moment. It kind of just feels like if you got the pummel, you got the pummel. <laughs> like, I'm just going to block yeah. here. Yeah. I don't really, like, sometimes heroes will have, like, a, a sink below or something, but even then, like, it just doesn't feel like we have that that reaction window kind of goes unutilized a little bit. It's kind of just like, oh, here's a buff that you didn't know about, and you can't really do anything about it because we're past blocks. So one thing I really like in this set, at least in the contained set, when you're playing sealed or limited, is it definitely feels like between cards like Brush Off, cards like uh, the Nature one that I can't remember. <laughs> uh, peace of Mind. Peace of Mind. Um, cards like that. Uh, it feels like we've kind of gone back to a little bit of that back and forth of like, you know, I have an attack react, but you might have a D react or at least something to respond to my attack react. And that feels really interesting to me. Yeah, it feels a little less like, um, or it feels a little bit more like you have that. You can play a little bit to your advantages or play to your outs in terms of like, oh, this attack isn't that threatening right now. But if it becomes so, I have some responses to it. So maybe I don't have to throw everything at them right now. Um, or maybe you could try and bait out some things that your opponent might have so you can take advantage of other effects or reactions you have later on. Right. So it's it just definitely feels a lot better to play in this format so far in terms of like, Again, no hero feels one-sided. Every all the heroes feel like they have some tricks, tips, no, tricks, tips, uh, <laughs> tricks or reactions to play, and everyone has an, uh, access to um, some of the generics that allow you to play defensively against those options. I'm so, really excited to see the kind of people, the kind of videos that come out of uh, draft uh, videos, uh, the kind of content that comes out of that, because I'm really curious to see kind of the theory crafting of like because there's six heroes and we've never seen that before right and especially because there's six heroes and three and two of the they they share classes right there's two ninjas two assassins two rangers and so i think there's going to be a lot of theory crafting of like what's good for what goes into a good uh benji deck and what goes into a good riptide deck and what goes into a good arachne deck and it's not always immediately clear right you may say like i have a lot of stealth cards so i should play <laughs> i should play uh, arachne because he really plays well with stealth whereas uh azuri her specialization her uh ability it it cares about at stealth but it doesn't feel like you know if you just play uh Arach or if you just play a uh, spider bite into big attack you know that's not the end of the world <laughs> with her so i mean it's just things like that where of course you want to be switching it out with stealth but it depends on what stealth cards you get too and what comes around what wheels around in that draft um i'm just really excited to see kind of what people come up with in terms of uh theory crafting because i, re I really want to do well in this draft set uh i really want to do I mean, well i already give you a free i'm oh, sorry um, no, I definitely want to do well, too, and it's kind of interesting to see, like, oh, if you've got these cards, you pick this ninja over this ninja, or this ranger over this ranger. Um, I think, one, real quick, one... I think the ninja uh, dichotomy is what I'm really looking forward to, because that's the one that's not immediately clear to me. Like, No, that one's definitely 
a little more interesting. I mean, Benji himself doesn't really get to search out extra combo cards, but like being able to make two blocks non-blockable or two attacks non-blockable. Plus the like um, Ira at home ability. <laughs> yeah, the extra plus one to the second attack after your first attack hits. Um, yeah, all that stuff really can add up more consistently if you have less combo cards to worry about than you would in a Katsu pool where you can take advantage of this hero ability. So absolutely, definitely a lot of um, definitely a lot to consider there with which one would be the best choice for you. Uh, I can say though, as a freebie to everyone watching, uh, <laughs> come to fight is good in every deck. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Come to fight. Every sealed and draft every. Like any choice you have, come to fight is already almost at the top of every one of those lists. You'll never go wrong with it. I'll tell you this: mostly it's because it's a non-attack action that blocks for three. I mean, that thing is so good, especially when you consider spider bites are always uh, lowering your attack or your defense values um, on attack actions. But this doesn't get affected by that. Now, if they get the, I don't remember which of the daggers cares about class. Wow, look at you! I already know. But Orbitoclast uh, then lowers the defense value of non-attack not. actions, but they're not as likely to see that because that's not the token. That's a Majestic, and as we know from the Collector Center, it's actually super short printed. So I will say that that brings me back to my one gripe that I have about uh, this uh, sealed slash draft format is that the Assassins having Spider Bite as their token weapon instead of Orbitoclast when when you consider that ranger's only way of doing damage throughout a game at all is by attacking with their attack actions um i feel like that's kind of a mistake um or maybe just a little too heavy-handed not a mistake but just kind of like a little heavy uh for a sealed or limited format uh, i think orbitoclast should have been the one that was the token weapon um i would say i feel like spider's bite is like too um, I would push back a little bit about against that. I think that's on purpose, and I think that's because Ranger, specifically Azalea, and a little bit uh, Riptide, um, they have the most potential for like unblockable damage. Uh, of course, Benji has his ability, but then you're only taking like ones and twos. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Most of the time, uh, Azalea has Dominate, <laughs> which cannot be understated like at all and so they need some way to like push back against those like you know if you're like trying to like lower the threats maybe but then you're also holding you're not blocking with them at that point right if you're getting hit by spider bites you're probably going to hold on to them you're going to probably try to use your non-attacks more if you can you know you're come to fights and other things but or you're just not blocking you know we haven't seen this in draft yet maybe Maybe it's less of a block-heavy format in draft, specifically because, you know, in sealed, we kind of ended up, a lot of people just played the pile, so you were able to, you know, throw cards away that you, I don't think you would throw away necessarily in draft, especially when we start getting to, draft also allows you to get more precise with your deck building, I guess. You, you're, it you're, might force you to become yeah, more precise because you'll have yeah, yeah. option less options to have, like, in a sealed format, you get six uh, packs all to yourself. Draft, you're only going to have up to, what's it called, like 42 cards that go around for three packs? How many is it? Yeah, it's 42? 14 cards per pack, so 14, 28, 42, yeah. Yeah. So you're only going to have access to 42 total cards, and that's even if all of them are playable, and not including three the of them are not Phoenix Flame. 
<laughs> this time. So no freebies. Nope. No, I was really uh, surprised to hear they went back to 14 cards per pack, but but having seen what happened in sealed, you're gonna have plenty of cards to pick from, I think, because having the dual class cards, there's just so dual class and generic cards. There's just so many. Um, and I think there's only like, I'd have to go through a pack again, but I think the amount of cards that are specific to ninja slash assassin slash ranger are very small, like a very small like amount per pack. pack. Five cards out of the pack. Like the first five like are split two. up too, right? Yeah. So that's like two, two, one, right? So it's very small, very tiny amount. It is, it yeah. is. So it's like, I think the first five are all generic, then the next five are class specific, then there's a dual class, then there's the rares, and then the foil, and then the equipment is what it was. Yeah. No. And the two tokens. Right. And then your rares are not guaranteed either. It's like you can get one to three rares, which is wild. <laughs> I don't even know how to begin with that in terms of like, you know, in terms of signaling, you know, sometimes you can be like, well, there's two rares left in the hilarious. pack. Uh, it's great. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. But like, there's like, you know, like there's two rares left in the pack. They could have taken a rare, or they could have taken a generic. I actually have no idea. <laughs> I think it. I think it matches the theme of the set, honestly. Yeah, it's just <laughs> different. Just uh, different. Everything just feels. I like. I said. Um, despite the one gripe that I said, you know, I might reconsider it once we play it a bit more, but. Um, Despite that one thing I even had to say, like everything else I'm loving so far about this uh, format, it did feel again at first, at least in Steeled, like it's going to be like drop the whole deck. But I think I think in draft it's going to be. I think you won't be able to do that. I, think I don't you'll... think you'll be able to do that. And I don't think you'll be able to afford to clog up your hands to try and make precise plays. No, yeah, I think uh, I think especially Ninja Ninja in a draft format is way more powerful, I think, than a sealed format absolutely when you get to pick out from different packs like which power cards you want to grab out let's say on average you're seeing two card two ninja cards right so you're opening a box right so on average you have 24 24 packs and you're seeing two to three ninja cards specifically so you're seeing between 48 and like what 72 72 you're seeing between like 48 and 72 ninja cards yeah. No, I did that wrong, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I trusted uh, you. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's right. Between 48 and 70, either two times or three times, right? So, And that's not even including rares. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's way more. You're probably going to see, like, in the 50s how many ninja cards there will be. So, um, And if you're one of two ninjas, that's, that's way more ninja cards than you got to see in sealed right you got yeah. to see like 12 and that's just counting even what like would be usable ones or like good ones but ninja cards are sometimes like true strength is dependent on how much you get like the starter part of a combo card so yeah yeah i definitely think that uh, draft will be a lot more favorable to some classes and just overall a little bit more balancing instead of just like i said like we said dropping the just dropping the whole deck into your list to uh try and make sure you can last out over your opponent yeah 100 percent. and that's it's funny because i think welcome to wraith you know we compare this set a lot to welcome to wraith and i think welcome to wraith had a little bit of that too 
where um, a lot of people were just playing bigger deck wins. You know, just if you just play everything and then you block a lot, um, if the other, other opponent didn't do the same thing, then you would just... Every class there had a weapon. So unlike this one where we have Ranger who doesn't, every class in Welcome to Wraith had a weapon. So there there I was think... a bit of that. And it also didn't help that the format had drone. <laughs> well, yes, drone aside, of course. Uh... <laughs> The one thing I think that separated Welcome to Wraith compared to even this set, even though there is technically a character who has similar uh, potential, is uh, Bravo's Dominate. You couldn't just keep blocking out against that and then hope to just just weapon swing, because if you left him with cards in hand from just doing a simple weapon swing, he could dominate something nasty against yeah, him. Yeah, and yeah, then you're yeah. Like, well, 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 I'm dead. There was Sync below, though. You still had... You sink below the oh, no, no. You still use and unmovable, of course. But yeah, you, and so unmovable. I'm not saying you didn't, but and guard and opposing guardians sure. had staunch response. That set is crazy. D react loaded. Absolutely. Um, but it, was, it still puts to that point that after you get through a certain amount of hands and defense reactions, do, them dominating their attacks is probably going to start hurting. So. Yeah, you know there there, yeah, there yeah. was some back and forth between trying those types of strategies too. Like you can't easily fatigue a Bravo that can just work with full hands in a different way than other characters could. So makes sense. But no, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to drafting this weekend. It's gonna be a yeah. Lot we're of doing. Fun I'm doing two drafts. You're doing one. I'm doing Friday and Saturday. We're gonna draft the crap out of this set. Oh yeah. Then the, we got our the, the Haven game, the Haven tabletop for anyone who can make it out. It's the Haven games. We're gonna be doing a whole lot of that. Oh yeah, every Friday. Uh, we've been drafting. You know, it's been hit or miss. Uh, during the latter stages of Dynasty meta, I makes think sense people because were just kind of like waiting for the new stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. We were drafting like random sets, including like Arcane Rising, uh, freaking Monarch. <laughs> Uh, I think we did a couple Monarch welcome. Monarch actually had a good draft set, Dude, though. Like, I, I like the Monarch draft. I think Monarch in Limited is the best Limited they've ever done. I know a lot of people say Outsiders, but Monarch, it felt good. I don't know. I don't know. It was just, like, between the light and shadow, so you could go that way. I, I was going to say, it. I think it had the good mix of, like, instead of dual class, you had the two talents, mm -hmm. but... You had the mix of good generics, um, and then you had the dichotomy of trying to pick out like generics for shadow or light, and then picking your sub character in that as well. You and had they... to be a little bit more committed to that than the flexibility that outsiders. And the heroes uh, all felt good against each other too. They didn't feel like even Levia. Funny enough, we talk about Azalea and, and Arcane Rising. Levia in Monarch Limited was no pushover. Very good. Very, very good. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I won my first pre-release with her, uh, in terms of sealed, at least. Let's so. go. That's awesome. Yeah, she was definitely a lot of fun. Sometimes you sneak one out in limited, Ryan. I do I do feel like I have a strong argument for doing well in limited events, at least. Like, I got second place at the, at the collective this weekend with uh, Riptide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had 46 cards in my deck, I'll admit, but I I feel like I played them well <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, at 39, <laughs> I felt like if I just had like uh, two or three more cards, I had a shot against you, but I just ran out. Just just ran out. I mean, like we said, <laughs> that, that, that Fletch and Red Tail was pretty nasty that Oh, turn. dude, I went from like, I blocked my whole hand and I still like went down to like 
You lost four health, and I think I gave you a debuff. With you that, gave me a blood I, rot, I but I. So I had three go. reds and a blue. So you stripped my whole hand. I took a bunch of damage, and then I still had to, I couldn't swing back. You had to hold the blue for the blood rot, stripping my whole hand. And that was all she wrote, basically. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. It's pretty gross. I was like, Fletch a red tail right now, dude? Come on. <laughs> It's such a cool card, too. Like, the fact that each one has a different artwork for the color is just a nice touch. But then just its effect is kind of, like, just... I think the Fletch of Redtail will see play in Constructed. Yeah. I can I see you using will. blue against Guardian specifically, for example. It's a pretty good argument. That's actually not a bad... Not bad either. I think Fletch of Redtail is just so good, though. Blue. One for five is just so good. Mm-hmm. All right, but, well... Uh, I think, uh, uh... Yeah, I'm just looking forward... No, just go ahead. Just looking forward to uh, everything we should be able to do this weekend, you know? Yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight um, while we're recording this, but... Yeah, I'm really excited to draft this set. I'm really excited for... We didn't talk about it much, but... I'm excited for Dust Till Dawn, too. I know that's an expansion set coming down the line. Uh, but yeah, no, as far as Outsiders goes, we have, uh... We have our cases coming, uh... And then, we, of course, we're going to draft the crap out of it at the Haven. Uh, what a great store. They've really treated us well. So um, definitely uh, like, comment, and subscribe. All that good stuff. All the YouTube things. Uh, don't forget to do that. It really helps us out. We're trying to get to 1,000 before the end of the year. Um, we're at like 170 right now. So make that number climb a little higher. Get us closer to our goals. And hopefully we'll be able to do some fun stuff for you guys. A lot of cool videos coming out. So. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to check the code below at the bottom of your screen to uh, get discounts on all your singles at thehaventabletop.com. Like I said, they've been uh, great supporters of the channel and of local play for Flesh and Blood for a long time, so we definitely want to show our support. Big champions of the game, big champions. So that all being said, we will see you next time on the Adventure Pod and on other videos on this channel. Of course, live streaming mostly every Saturday. Uh, we stream our locals with live commentary, so don't forget to drop in for that. All on YouTube, all right here. So if you're watching right here, you're in the right place. And that being said, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.